Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo!
Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of January 28th, 2016. I kept saying 2015 for the past two episodes. No one record, uh, excuse me, corrected me. I'm very ashamed, but my name is Jose Otero. This is IGN's Nintendo Show. We're joined once again by Per Schneider. Hi, Jose. Brian Altano. What's up? Hi, and Brian. Megan Sullivan. Happy New Year. Hi, right. All right. So we have a couple, we have a lot of things to talk about, but let's kick it off with games that we've been playing. Megan, you reviewed Final Fantasy Explorers for IGN. I did review it. Cool. So I'd love to let you talk about it. Uh, so this is a Monster Hunter-esque sort of foray into, like it's in the Monster Hunter style is my understanding. So it's kind of between Monster Hunter and Final Fantasy XIV. So if you've played Final Fantasy XIV, you'll sort of recognize a few attributes of mm-hmm. that in this game. But basically, if you don't know what Final Fantasy Explorers is, it's a four-player, multiplayer game. You can mm-hmm. play it solo, but basically it's an action RPG where you, as this cute little explorer, go around an island fighting Eidolons, summons, Aeons, whatever Square Enix is calling it this time around. They change it all the time. They change what it is, all the yeah. time. So this time they're going back to Eidolons, and I think that... First appeared in Final Fantasy VI slash three in the okay. U.S. is the first okay. time we heard that. But every Final Fantasy, it, it changes. Yeah, yeah. So okay. Interesting. It's okay if you're totally confused, yeah. but you're fighting summons like Shiva and Ifrit, yeah. and they have a couple of new summons that you okay. can fight. So is it is it kind of like uh, you know I haven't played it yet, but um, Crystal Chronicles was kind of like their four player co op franchise. Is it a replacement for that, or is it very different? I don't know if it's a or? replacement for that, but it, it's very much like that. So what's cool about Final Fantasy Explorers, though, is you can play solo and you can actually have monsters in your monster party. So mm-hmm. you'll go out and you'll fight different monsters, and sometimes they'll basically drop the equivalent of what is a soul. Mm-hmm. Okay. You take that soul and you take it into town. There's only one hub town. But there, there's a monster lab where you can actually create monsters. So if you fight a Tonberry and it drops its soul, you can actually create a Tonberry to follow you around in battle and it will knife things for you, okay. which is actually pretty cool. That's awesome. Those things are, have always been creepy. Do you remember the Tom Berry? Like no, the little, it's like a little purple with a uh, trench coat uh, clad turtle. Uh, oh, like like yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm amazing you like didn't make a joke about dropping a Tom Berry, but... <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it, too, actually. <laughs> I was looking at him like, oh, he's not going to pass this one. Nervous but yeah, they were <laughs> it up yeah. a little bit like The typical is not intimidating, but is yeah, yeah, yeah. actually really, really evil inside yep. kind of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like Marlboros and... Stuff yeah. like that. Sure, like or the, cactar. Look scary to begin with. Yeah, yeah those look really creepy. Mm-hmm. And so you can actually have those in your party. So if you don't have three other friends or people online that you can play with, you can actually take monster friends out into the world and basically like wreck things. Yeah. Is there a good variety of characters to sort of customize your party with? like, Or is it a, a small selection? No, it's basically your avatar. Now you can customize your avatar however mm. you want. So you can swap in and out of different outfits. You can actually collect outfits of different Final Fantasy characters that you know. So that's why like I saw people Cloud running around as Cloud. And, okay. Yeah, Aerith mm. and mm. Squall and all of that. And those outfits actually aren't just uh, visual. They actually come with their own stats. So mm. if you, you have to go out and battle, I think uh, it's the summon Shiva like 10 times solo before you get enough Genova cells to uh, acquire the Sephiroth So outfit. here's the RNG element, which is a very heavy right. thing in Monster Hunter as well. Yeah, the, the drops are RNG. Yeah, but the rewards are better if you mm. go out with other people. So instead of fighting the same idol on 10 times, you only have to fight it like three times. Okay. And it's a more difficult fight, so there's where your challenge lies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so it sounds like there's a lot in it, but you didn't love it. I didn't love it. It was okay. So yeah. one of the things is I just mentioned that it's it's better to play with friends because there's more of a challenge. But if you play mm. by yourself, I was 
10 to 20 hours in before I started to feel like I was contested on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. It was really easy. I mean, I wrecked the Eidolon Alexander in about 30 seconds. And if you know that summon, you know that that's one of the more notoriously difficult summons you have to battle. Are you sure you're not just, like, really awesome at video games? Well, that too. I mean, that's absolutely (laughs) a given. Throw that out there. Yeah. So is that, like, a balance (laughs) issue? Like, you were too high level by the time you encountered it? Or is the game just easy for beginners? I think Square Enix said out the gates, like, yeah, the the solo story is kind of like a large tutorial. And then once you finish the solo story, other stuff unlocks. So different Eidolons will unlock, and different outfits will unlock, and different challenges will unlock. But I I felt that was a kind of a strange approach, yeah. mm-hmm. in my opinion. And then, in the meantime, there's not a whole lot to explore in Final Fantasy Explorers. It's mm-hmm. a relatively small world where even with randomly an airship, generated, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah the dungeons, okay. well, the dungeons are randomly generated, but the overall world map is not. And gotcha. so airships will drop you off at different areas, but you mm. still have to walk everywhere. Mm. And that's okay. weird for a handheld game because if you're playing in short bursts, mm-hmm. you're like, dude, I have a half hour on this bus ride and 20 minutes of it was walking oh, to my sucks. objective. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of garbage. And, nope. it's a lo- and it's a lot of landmass to cover. Like, It's interesting because the, the Monster Hunter comparisons feel like it comes up all the time. It feels like it was very much geared towards coming closer to that style but still trying to be its own thing. And uh, I will say, though, that Monster Hunter also does the single-player campaign, and for them, it is meant to be or feel like a tutorial, but there are monsters that will just wreck you, and that and that becomes part of the challenge of it. Like, how do you approach and, you know... And, and just in those fights themselves, just to drag back to the Eidolons for a second, uh, are there are those fights satisfying? Like, do you feel like you're watching out for certain tells? It, it's sort of a fun fight. By the end, you feel great, or is it more, man, this thing has a ton of health. This takes forever. Was was there frustration? They're there definitely at all? more challenging than regular monsters. But mm-hmm. it was very strange. Like I said, the Alexander fight. Like when I ran into that thing, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be dead in about ten seconds. Yeah. And I only had one monster companion with me, a Black Knight, and he just went up under. Alexander started hacking at it and basically killed it single-handedly, and I did I did nothing but like run around like trying uh, to distract the. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, exactly. She's yeah, like, that's so mine. I was like, all right, that's that's it. But again, I mean, I know that people were kind of like picking on me. They're like, hey, you said it's repetitious, but isn't Monster Hunter repetitions and other stuff? And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, but I I fought Shiva like. Ten times in, in slightly different forms and well, slightly more difficult. Like a lot of video games are, are repetitive, and there's good versions of that and there's bad versions of that. Well, you know? right. it's, it's not. I don't think something being repetitive is inherently a negative all the time. Mm-hmm. Something being boring and repetitive or not challenging or not stimulating and repetitive is a problem. Th- that's exactly it, right? Like you can't go back to an arcade game from the 80s and not right. say, hey, I've, I've played the screen over and over, yeah. right? But it's like, like the way right? they smartly ramp up the difficulty and the challenge and the competition from the score makes that game sure and whereas like some games just make you like i i absolutely hate the hey you've beaten all these guys before now all four of them right like it when when the elements get recycled but there's no nothing kind of unique to it or it's not challenging then it becomes and and monster hunter comes close to that but i do feel that they do a great job of once you've overcome certain challenges in that game you always find something new to chase after. You always find something new to hunt. And there is an inherent satisfaction that comes from, holy cow, I'm on to the next version of this. Or, oh, mm-hmm. this monster. They, they did this thing in 4 where monsters would become infected. And, y- you know, the fight would be over very quickly and be like, well, what happened? I just right. beat this monster in like five hits. And then it would come back to life. It had a whole new pattern of tells. It had a whole new set of attacks. And you were there like, 
slack jawed because you're like, well, now I have a really this is my new challenge. This is the new thing I have to focus on. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and there's a, there's sort of a dark Aeon version mm-hmm. of certain Eidolons in this. If you're familiar with Final Fantasy X, you know that you could fight dark Aeons, and they're really hard versions mm-hmm. of the same Eidolons, and they kind of have that in this. But even then, I found it was a trickier fight, but not necessarily a more difficult fight. Okay. Mm. Like they still had the same tells about when they were going to attack. So I just basically I did the the Dark Souls thing. Where you never you never stand still. You just keep moving mm-hmm. and dodging, and then throwing out spells and throwing okay, out a, okay. or you know doing abilities. So yeah. did you like how it looked? I, I mean, I think every time I see that game, it looks gorgeous. Like I love Square's sort of artwork. It looked good. It was good. It wasn't great. It was yeah. nothing to write home about. Uh, the soundtrack was pleasant, but not memorable and it, it didn't push anything and I guess that's why I was a little disappointed as I well you've played every Final Fantasy game in the series basically pretty much right? literally so, I've yeah. played every yeah. Final Fantasy it's game and I try not to be like oh well this has to compete with you right. know, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy 12 or Final sure. Fantasy 15 coming up yeah. which one's the best one ooh best versus favorite Crystal so the, Chronicles. The, the, the best, the best one, <laughs> in my favorite. opinion, if, if it's your favorite, then <laughs> that's, that's totally okay. No, uh, no, the it's best not. one is. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like that one? No, Brian has to go if that's true. What's so wrong with going. you? It's a great game. Yeah. You get four of your we friends with the Game Boy Advances or on a TV. It happens all the time. Everyone has all that. There you go. Go unplugged. Go. Game if, you want, if you want to play multiplayer mm-hmm. Final Fantasy, yeah. you know you can play that one. All right. What's the best? The best one is six, in my opinion. In fact, we have a top 100 RPGs, and that was number one. I thought you almost said we have a top 100. Final Fantasy games. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Are there that, that is, many? We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're, we're getting like there, yeah. 79 yeah. to 80. Yeah. Really? Uh, Your favorite? No. <laughs> my favorite is four. Okay. The Ta- two Tal and I really, agree. really good Really good choices there, yeah. Yeah, like music-wise, those two yeah. are just. If my, Super my, Mario is amazing. the reason I started to play games, then Final Fantasy II is why I became a lifelong gamer. Really? And I said Final Fantasy II because I'm an old person and yeah. I played it on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> two? Are, are you talking about American two, two U.S.? Yeah, the SNES yeah. with a uh, pa- Palam and Porum and S- yeah, Cecil. Yeah, Palam and Porum. That's I mean, my- five. Was that so? Which number is that? That's okay. So it's, are we it's talking about the same game? Two yes. is five. We that are. is my favorite Final Fantasy of all time. Okay. That is my actual favorite Boom. Final Fantasy of all time. Boom. But every time this I tell people, knows. my mine is number two. People are like, "Oh, you mean four Japan or three Slovakia?" I'm like, "I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> That's, I, no, you it's lose really me. confusing. It took <laughs> yeah. me years to you know six is three and two okay. is four, and I'm like six is three. Yeah. Yeah. So, so did you just learn this? <laughs> you lost me. You Final Fantasy three on the Super Nintendo. Basically, a bunch of episodes of Final Fantasy or installments of Final Fantasy. Two, three, and five never. Came right. out originally yeah. in the U.S. because yeah. okay. yeah. uh, for whatever reason they weren't. Curious, which one's your favorite? My favorite uh, out of all Final Fantasies is six, followed by four, followed by five, followed by ten. Okay. And then you I, know, that is I know seven that. lovers will always want to murder me for it. I I felt like I was such a diehard fan of the Super Famicom, the Super NES ones. Um, I felt something was lost when we went from this kind of grid-like setup that felt very very focused and smart and had all these hidden things to this this pre-rendered map I just didn't dig it I, I liked the story in that game but I felt like something was lost I'm the same way but, see it mm. yeah okay but the I understand it's it's many people's first Final Fantasy yeah. game which, now wait that so, story's a hot mess so two our favorite Final Fantasy which is I'm just gonna refer to it as that from now on that was remade on the Nintendo DS right yes yeah. okay so if I wanted to go back and play that game again I could buy that cart and play it on my 3DS right uh, no, uh, no. I think a four was for the DS, just a regular DS, okay. not a three yeah. DS. Yeah, that'll work on. But it's work. been yeah. ported not to on the everything, yeah, so you could probably. On PSP, you can that's right. It's on. I, I think it's on iPad I, and I, iPhone. I swear, I feel like so. My favorite is five, and I feel like five never gets enough love. Now, five story, super predictable, charming, crystals, fine. But five's gameplay, mm-hmm. the, the refinement on the job system, which three introduced, which we never got the real three, not the right. one you played. Yeah. Um, 
The real three I, I, yes I, one. I love I love the job system too, and like job those those incredible. three those three to me are just all fantastic. Yeah, they I, are. I like I stood in line. I lived in Tokyo. I stood in line in Japan early in the morning in Akihabara, waiting for each one of those games. Good and man. It was, I was in. There were hundreds of people standing. Wow, and it was great. And they had enough yeah. copies for everyone. Thank you. And to quickly jump yeah, in, the job people. system in Explorers is that. really good. That's I right. I love yeah. that okay. you can be a dragoon and you actually can do real time jump ability, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Because the Dragoon Kane from Final Fantasy IV slash two is one of my favorite characters, and that jump ability has saved my butt yeah. so many times nice. in so cool. many different games. And yeah. five has amazing music too. Yeah. I mean, like those three just can't go wrong. I and always Gilgamesh. love the. Uh, the yeah. in that game. There's a job mm-hmm. fiesta every year. There's a group that does the uh, Final Fantasy V. I think it's called Job Fiesta, and basically you're tasked with a certain. It's a certain style of playing that game where you have to adopt certain rules to, yeah. to, and you follow them, and then you chronicle it on on Gaff and stuff. It's a really fun thread to follow and a really yeah. fun way. It's funny, an interesting way to watch that game be played. Yeah. But uh, it's, I'm happy to hear the job system made it into this thing, and it sounds like it's a good yeah, idea for can, a game like this. Yeah, you can this. go into town and you can swap out jobs between missions, which is mm-hmm. really cool. And as you go through the game, you unlock different jobs, and just about every job that's been in the franchise is open to you. So Sweet. Yeah. Very nice. That's Very cool. nice. Okay. Yes. Ultimately, final score? Final score was 6.8. Okay. It's it's okay. Unfortunately, the repetition, the, the travel system, and the lack of challenges till pretty late is okay. what holds it back. But hey, if you like playing Final Fantasy games with other people, mm-hmm. you know, you Worth you might very much enjoy it. Yeah. yeah cool. It seems cool. All well, right. Thanks for reviewing it and enduring <clears throat> the inevitable, what does she know about video games? If uh, she doesn't like JRPG, she should stop talking. <laughs> hey, hey, we don't, we, <laughs> don't, we don't talk in reader <laughs> voice. Happened. We don't talk in, in sassy I, reader no, voice on but, the show. But I'm, I'm no. quoting one specific <laughs> person. It's just so annoying. Just, yeah. you know. Let it, let, that is let that it, one guy's voice, though. Yeah, yeah that's literally yeah. That's how, how we all talks. picture it. Be, all right, so then nice. let's move forward to uh, Hyrule Warriors Legends, which I am the only person playing at this table because it's out in Japan uh, on 3DS. What do you um, know about I talked a little game? bit about it last week, <laughs> and it is... Uh, <laughs> I, I mentioned how technically it, it struggles. Um, it, we're not getting this game until March, but uh, you know, frame rate issues for sure, especially if you have 3D on. Um, overall, though, the look and feel of the game may, really feels better fit on portable. Huh. Um, they've also redone the campaign in, in a couple of ways. So, for example, in the first mission, um, you are they sort of ch- ask you to start using the character swap system, which so at any time on the bottom screen where the map shows up, you can switch to one of the other players who's at the battle, one of the other characters who's there. Um, and as you know, Hyrule Warriors is this big mashup of you know a bunch of different Zelda timelines, a bunch of different Zelda art styles. Um, this game has every character they introduce as DLC plus five additional ones. Linkle apparently has her own side chapter. So after you clear, I think, the third mission of the game, you're allowed access to it. It has this cool cutscene opening. Um, Ultimately, I think I have kind of mixed feedback on Linkle. Like, I think the concept of the character is really cool. I like the idea of, you know, that she's using crossbows. She's She kind of reminds me of the relationship between uh, Sakura and Ryu and Street Fighter. It feels like that's the relationship to some extent between Link and Linkle, even though it doesn't seem like they even know each other. But at the same time... I'm kind of bummed out that Linkle is presented kind of like a ditz. Like, she doesn't really, oh, she can't no. read a map. Oh, and no. so oh, she, like, no. runs in weird directions. She has this adventurer spirit. She thinks that she is a descendant of the legendary hero because her grandma told her, I think, is, oh, is part of the story. Oh, she's an imposter, basically. Misguided um, and hero. And she's, she, she like Link, um, you know, the game kind of points out how she kind of, he, Link just kind of shows up in different situations. He didn't really plan on being there. It just happened. Yeah. I feel like they're trying to play that 
vibe with her characters. Well, and I think on some levels they succeed and it's okay, but on others I'm just like, well, I wish she was. A, I wish there was a little more of a heroic quality to this person outside of she can kick a lot of. She can't. No, I was going to say she can't read a map, but. But Link, I s- Link could read maps when he was six. <laughs> like, but, in the first game, he gets a sword, and then he goes in the first temple, and he gets a map, and he can read it. Yeah, but he can't climb over a tiny bush. Well, he didn't have to back He can't. Then. Everything was flat. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were you going to say? He can't do it? anything. He can climb over bushes with a step ladder. He gets killed by an octopus. That's okay, well, maybe okay. that was more, just me. More to the topic yeah. of No, but, but like, like watching you play Linkle, you're saying you wish she, she could do more, but she's like freaking juggling She's John. She goes full John Wu. Yeah. yeah. She, do, she juggles everything. She has an amazing moveset. She's a really fun character to play as. Um, her I, fighting I prowess more, is not in question. Not at all. No. It's more how I think she's presented. I'm still just not her sure how I feel about it. cognitive abilities are questionable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you can say like, I mean, you, you're on a, you're, you're one of the founding members of IGN's Anime Club. I mean, is this a, is this a trope with some heroic females? Just like sort of this clueless, like oh, I the, just kind of cl- land. The, the dumb ditzy Genki girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. where you know they're very upbeat and charming, but they're dumb. But they can also kick butt in a fight. Yeah, right. that, that trope does come up, and it's always a little disappointing because we've all seen it. We've been there. We've done that. I was hoping mm. that Lingle, maybe she'd be super smart or mm. super resourceful in battle. It's a mm. little disappointing to hear that they're like, well, we can't have a female who kicks butt and is smart. Mm. Something's got to give. Yeah. So well, I'm hoping that's not really Yeah, and I don't think it is because there are plenty of female warriors in that game that are absolutely yeah. capable. You think have Impa, Impa, you have Zelda, Zelda. you have uh, even Midna. characters like Midna. Um, but for something that I think people, you know, there was a big, there was a lot of fan support for Linkle when the image was first revealed in that art book where it was like, hey, we had a girl version of Link we were kind of toying around with a concept of, but it didn't make it into the game. And the fan response is the reason that thing made its way into this 3DS port. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I was just, I, I guess at the end, I, I, it sounds like I'm disappointed. I think I am because... I feel like they could do a better job of giving this character a better story. Now, granted, but Dynasty Warriors is not the best game. It's not the best vehicle for that. Agreed. And ultimately, this is still I'm early on in the game. Who knows? Maybe she has a pretty uplifting arc that completely changes how to read a map. (laughs) Well, I don't. I don't think that changes at all. I mean, I don't think it's 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 okay. No one's saying that she needs to be sort of. The, the most sophisticated, intellectually superior character in all of history. The way you're describing the kind of tropes is interesting because it's like they've written the, a lot of them as, as kind of ditzy and stupid, but they're still powerful. I think like maybe meeting in the middle and being like she can read a map is, to, is kind of like it's. A, I don't need going you to for write fish you know, out of water. It's what they're yeah. going for, right? Which yeah, you see in anime all the time. Yeah, you do. But and to be fair, maybe this is how they're trying to distinguish her from other female characters because if you look at Zelda, she is kind of the epitome of like a really good female character who's smart mm-hmm. and resourceful herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on the game, yeah. and so maybe this is their way of making Linkle a little different, but it's still like, you can't read a map. Yeah. Oh, that's no good. That's yeah. not a good start. Yeah, that no. seems that seems like cursed. basic, it's like entry level stuff for the, Dyslexic. for the Zelda universe. Like, I, I, I feel like the cows in Hyrule. I believe in my girl. I think she's going to learn to read a map. So. I hope so yeah. by the well, end of that I'm, game. I'm curious to see what Nintendo will do with this character ultimately. I mean, Aonuma has told us that, you know, she could appear in another game. Yeah. I think it would be fun to have some kind of a link link on crossover. So how do they depict like, this? Is she holding it upside down? You can see the video on IGN. Okay. I, I, like, check it out. It's ultimately her just kind of <laughs> twisting and rotating you. it. Oh, yeah, I, I, so she is holding it upside down. Yeah, yeah. You can, okay. you can, you can ultimately see it. Um, but yeah, I, other than that, I think... Um, 
I have really mixed feelings on the game because I feel like on a technical level there are obviously some issues because this was a console game that was put onto the 3DS, not the other way around. And usually the other way around is a bit more elegant and ends mm-hmm. up looking a lot better. Um, but at the same time, I feel that the features, the characters, and all the things that are packed in make it something I'm, I still want to keep playing. And the fact that it's kind of a mindless game you can play on the bus or on the train. Sure. You know what I mean? Like during any commute or trip. Um, I feel like that kind of game fits better ultimately there than it would on a home console. I'm think, not a big Dynasty Warriors I think guy so. for that. That's know? actually why I liked uh, Hyrule Warriors more than I thought I would was because I, I could play on the gamepad hmm. while watching a TV show or something like that and just kind of grinding. It's, hmm. it's very passive. Um, it's it's kind of like... Like you describing Final Fantasy made me kind of think like, oh man, I wish it was kind of more of that kind of stuff because sitting there and being able to marathon through a TV show and just grinding on my 3DS is a kind of cool thing to do. But yeah, it's weird. Like have you now uh, there's a noticeable difference in quality between playing this thing on a 3DS and a new so 3DS. So I still need right? to play it on the old school model. Yeah. Um, I have not touched that yet, but I have heard plenty of of uh, talk about that. And it's not yeah. just slow loading, but apparently even frame rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's worth mentioning to anyone interested in this game that mm-hmm. we haven't really seen a ton of stuff that's new 3DS exclusive or that really benefits from playing on that platform, but yeah, that's it's very odd. Mm-hmm. I it makes a, sense, though. I got a quick question, though, because I'm I'm a little behind here. Is Linkle mm-hmm. the official name or just what we're all calling her? No, that's it's official. It name. is the official that's name. Official. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. what they did. It's uh, <laughs> it's I, a bad name. It's not yeah. the best name. I it's agree. it's like Tingle. Like, mm-hmm. why did you name that character Tingle? I I don't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a uh, yeah. I don't know who uh, came at least up with that. What would you what would you name Tingle? The the weird name fits the weird sort of dude. With Linkle, I don't feel that name fits yeah. her well at all. No, Megan, what would you what would you name Tingle? Something uh, that doesn't rhyme with Tingle. <laughs> Weird little Link Man. <laughs> Link Linka. Link Brian. Loompa. Nightmare Elf. <laughs> there you go. Chain. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> Boom. All right. There's your terrible joke for the well, day. Megan, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, why don't you drop your Twitter handle and let folks know where they can find you? You can tweet at me at Megan, M-E-G-H-A-N underscore I-G-N, and you can catch me every Wednesday on the site on IGN Anime Club. All right. Thanks a lot for joining us, and we'll be right back. Terror here with Pear Schneider and Brian Altano, and What's you up? cannot hold on to that water. Did you somehow turn on uh, the internet this <laughs> I morning did that and see, that one <laughs> see Brian's sh- reaction? But then I quickly noticed that Brian thought I did it by accident. Okay, yeah, well I I'll tell you. Uh, so I thought it was in response to this morning's top story. So in Japan, uh, apparently Nintendo might be working on a Smash game that is going to be prepared as an NX launch title. So uh-huh. this this news, first of all, comes. Right up front, this is speculation. This is based on a rumor. The rumor comes from a reliable friend in Dr. Serkan Koto. Uh, he is in charge of a company called Kenten. Sounds Games. like a Star Wars name, doesn't it? He's a doctor? Yeah. Yeah, PhD. Um, German born. German born. uh, (laughs) Also knows Japanese. I think part of me thinks he pairs like long lost brother just because they both somehow ended up at different ends of the The game industry. I'm joking. But uh, more importantly, he tweeted this morning Bandai Namco is currently developing several NX titles. Smash Brothers is planned to be a launch title. I am not sure about the date yet. And then he further clarified it was not made clear to him if it is a new installment or if it is a port. 
again, this is you got to take some of this with a huge grain of salt. However, this man is very much involved in the Japanese game industry. Make no question, he runs a consultancy. This is this is this can be credible information. Yeah, and he has shared credible source. information before, he right? Has. Things that yeah. have come true. For example, so. before Mitomo was shown, just just to piggyback that and put that in front of people, before Mitomo was shown, this guy was making it very clear that the first Nintendo mobile game was not going to be what anyone expected, and in fact, it's going for a big wide audience, wait till you see what this thing is. Yeah. And this, he ended up being right in the Mitomo was that. This is not somebody saying, uh, you know, there's a new Xenoblade coming and it's made by aliens. Right. This is actually, uh, you know, yeah. someone who has a bit more of a connection. So it's good. I mean, So let's chew on this. Uh, NX launch title, Smash. Too soon. The, too soon. Way too soon. What? It's way too soon. Depends on when it's coming D- out. And it depends on like, what it is. What if the NX comes out 2017, November? Then it's got bigger problems than, <laughs> than launching with the Smash Brothers. <laughs> what if it's a port of the Wii U game? Then that's probably okay. I mean, are you going to double dip? Given the amount of time that, um, I mean, Smash Wii U just wrapped a year yeah. ago. Let, let's be honest. A, a year and a not couple even. of months. It, it, wraps, it wrapped. It's in a Bayonet, Bayonetta's not even out yet, right? What do you mean? As a playable character. No, yeah. That, so that DLC when, is coming in February. Yeah, it wraps No, but that, I mean no? in terms of the core game, like obviously there's still some DLC left, but it is about to basically be – they're yes. about to be done with Smash Brothers in yeah, February. They had that this, is they a great had point. The, the direct. They said goodbye yeah. and thank you. But let's, talk, let's think about this for a second. So Smash was a huge investment by Nintendo that at, it, in the long run felt aimed timing with Mario Kart to resuscitate and revitalize Wii U, which at the point w- before those games came out – was fading, mm-hmm. was not doing well. These were two huge Nintendo franchises, possibly their biggest. Mario Kart ended up selling well, considering the install base, over 50%, uh, or close to that. Smash Brothers Wii U, though, out of the gate, sold better on 3DS because of a higher install base. So as of yeah. September, here's the numbers. It was also out earlier on 3DS, wasn't it? It was out earlier yeah. on 3DS, yeah. that's mm-hmm. fair. But uh, So let's crunch some numbers. So as of September 30th, which was the last time Nintendo reported numbers, uh, quicks aside, they're about to report some numbers in a couple of weeks. I think next week Nintendo is going to uh, report their next uh, set of financials. Smash Wii U. Sold 4 million units worldwide on Wii U's 10 million install base. Mm-hmm. Smash 3DS sold 7 million units on 3DS's 54 million install base. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, maybe if this is a port of, I assume this is a port of Smash Brothers. Yeah. If this is, if this in fact turns out to be true. Well, what you, you assume it's the port of the last Smash Brothers. I'll tell you yeah. what it is in a second, but keep going. I assume it is a port of the last Smash Brothers game, meant to. Keep that community going. Keep tapping into this army of people who are very much happy with the last game you put out. And you don't want that audience to basically uh, be left behind on Wii U. That's what I think this is for. I also think that at the end of the day, if that is the case, that this is a port of the last game brought up to speed with Wii U. However, what is, does that mean that we, uh, excuse me, that NX does not support backwards compatibility? To me, it says that. The obvious counter uh, on Twitter came from Boo Fasai, because I tweeted something like that, and he said, well, Wii U is backwards compatible, and it's still getting HD remasters. I don't think this is the same case. Uh, it's getting an HD remaster months later in Twilight Princess HD or Wind Waker, uh, you know, what, a year and a half into launch. You don't launch with HD remasters. The... the- or with, like, I don't know, a port of a game from last gen, do you? I mean, yeah, everybody launched, launched us, though. The Wii U launched w- with 20 game ports of last gen games. So it didn't do a thing. So, guys, two years after, or even a year sometimes, after a big Bethesda game comes out, there's mm. a gold edition. 
for the same platform yeah. with all the DLC included. I, I think this is going to be a championship edition. Like, you know, Capcom, Capcom did it to a fault with mm -hmm. games like Street Fighter where they included new characters, did updates based on the arcade versions, right, to keep the fighting game scene alive. This is Nintendo's first eSports success, right? Mm -hmm. Smash Brothers is being played... You know, some of the older games are still favored over the newer games, obviously. Melee but, still has a big audience, but, for sure. But this is, you know, this is not something where Nintendo wants to take a break and get and let that die down. So they want to keep the story alive. When the new platform is uh, is out, they want to have Smash Brothers on there, whether through backwards compatibility or a new championship eSports Gold Edition that includes all the DLC that you otherwise would yeah. have to buy separately. If this port exists, if this is in fact a port, I don't think backwards compatibility is on the next. I think really? they're going to let that ship sale, which would be a first for them for home console in a while. Uh, yep. Not since the GameCube, has Nintendo said, forget backwards compatibility. And before that, N64 wasn't backwards compatible with anything either. The handhelds have consistently kept the feature. I feel like the home consoles, it was not always a mandate until uh, Wii. Right. On Wii, you got GameCube games again. Well, hold on, because there's a yeah. difference between being hardware backwards compatible and, and software. Oh, no, and when I, and that means virtual console's going to be back. That means you'll probably see Wii games yeah. as virtual console. If this is, in fact, a port. Now, what if it doesn't? What if it's a brand new Smash game? That seems unrealistic to me. Well, because it seems insane. Yeah, if I can't just take my, my Smash Brothers disc and put it into the system, into the NX, and go, oh, I'm playing it now, you know, my Wii U game, then uh, I hope there's a solution, because otherwise I'm buying that game for a third time, you know? Because mm. I bought it on 3DS, I bought it on Wii U, and then I'm, I'm going to buy it on an NX. That's a good counter. Uh, I like Paris theory of it basically taking everything and combining it into one. Nintendo doesn't really do that, but then again, they haven't really had a long precedent of having games that have a year and a half lifespan of, of content re-releases and updates. I mean, Mario Kart, Splatoon, and Smash are the big three where they've actually done stuff like that. Yep. For the most part, they have decades of just selling games that are finished and walking away from them and moving on to the sequels or mm -hmm. something else. Sure. So it's a that's great kind of value for people who didn't jump on it to begin with. Oh, sure. I mean, it, you sell the game for 50 or 60 bucks with all the DLC. The con the, some of those content packs are you know a couple bucks each, so you're, you're saving some money in the long run. Yeah, and here's what you can do. Right now, Smash Brothers is coming to an end. The, the digital content releases are coming to an end, right? They ran a giant poll asking everybody, what, what characters would you like to see in this game? How many characters came out of that poll that are actually going to be in the game? I don't think that makes it to the Senex part at all. So, I think the door is closed mm -hmm. on characters. If mm -hmm. you're going to focus any more attention on making more Smash, you're making a new Smash. You're not going to put that no, in No, that, but that's why I'm me. saying it's like you can... Like, if right now, if they're noticing that the sales of the add-on content, if it's declining, okay. and even mm -hmm. though they have all these great ideas for additional characters, or even, like, licensors saying, it's cool, you can put my Shovel Knight or whatever you want in that game, they're basically saying, like, you know what, DLC downloads are too low at this point for this game, we need to jumpstart the machine again. And, like, mm -hmm. nothing is better than to jumpstart a failing economy than a new release, you know, like, the, a new NX coming out with a launch game being Smash Brothers, Gold Edition, whatever it is and then they ramp up the DLC machine again not for the Wii U version but for this so new let me one. let me ask you guys this then like uh, assuming this uh, that our prediction right here is entirely correct um, who is this for I think it is for you. the NX owner who mm -hmm. missed out on Smash Wii U so it's for people uh, who didn't buy a Wii U yes 
So I don't, I don't see. I don't, I don't necessarily see, agree with. I don't, so you're talking about like you don't you, agree with that, or you don't no. agree with the move? Because they, first of all, they didn't capture enough of the audience, they right? Did. And so, so why, there are lots of who people, else would this be? So for? lots of people they could be selling it to. I think they're also going to target the the people who are happily playing Smash Brothers, but may not be downloading content anymore. You know, yeah. like you're renewing the excitement for Smash Brothers. It has everything the old game has. Yeah, in but it. those people and could then, re- could renew it themselves more. by connecting it to the internet. They're not living on an island where they don't get Nintendo updates. You don't often Nintendo go has back. reported that a majority of the people who have that box plug that box into the internet. I know, but you don't go back. Like, not not a lot of people go back to games from two years or a year ago and keep adding content, right? There is a there's a limited life for all but Minecraft. Okay, right? Minecraft kids will keep on downloading skin packs until we're on all gone and buried. Um, See, I don't know. I think I do think that the the primary focus is people who missed out. There's plenty. Of, this is a well, big tempo game. I, ideally, right? Yeah. There's <laughs> plenty of people who at the at the gate. The amount of investment, the amount of time, the amount of money that it took to for Nintendo and Namco to make this game. I think that they expected it to do better in the long run, who, and it didn't. Who missed out? Because I feel like any Nintendo fan who wanted that game bought that game across one of the two platforms it was available on. I'm pretty Anyone sure who, there are plenty of people. If but you what, think what were it, they waiting for? Buying a brand new console. I don't think so. I don't think they were, but I think that's who they're targeting. To, to, to play ostensibly with a much smaller Dude, online user base? there are plenty of base. people who say, hey, if I was going to consider a Wii U, I need a list of games. Yeah, some people are still on the fence waiting for that for that magic game to show up. And for some of them, Smash wasn't that game. If Smash is an option at launch, mm-hmm. if you have a really cool online with all DLC, I see that as a win for them. I, going, hey, that and whatever Mario game they're selling, you're good. I, I mean, you, I, but I think they can easily double dip. If you are creating a gold edition of a game that everybody loved on the Wii U and you add four new characters into it, people who own the original will pick it up, man. Come on, we all bought Wind Waker twice, we all bought Twilight Princess twice. It's not mm. by, because so we don't have access to the older games. Well, you can plug in your Wii right sure, now. Sure, but those are totally yeah. different scenarios because if I plug in my Wii right now and yeah. play Twilight Princess, it looks terrible. Right. Like and, it is, it's, yeah. and the original Wind Waker was always a gorgeous game. Uh, they added some tweaks to it, like fundamental tweaks that made it more fun. Yeah. The pacing was better, and it looks so much more beautiful now. More be- Like it actually looks, Wind Waker HD looks now like the way we thought we remembered That's it. a great point. This, this is t- a different scenario. Divide. But what, yeah. If yeah, the, like, what if there are four extra characters and, and ten new maps in it? Then I don't think that necessitates a general generational leap nor does it uh, imbue any confidence in me having to buy it for a third time like if I can buy characters right now through my Wii U why would I have to buy an NX to get new characters is the power of NX bringing me new experiences such as a character I mean, that's paywalled behind a console and let's look at other Come HD on. remasters not, not to dogpile you pair but let's look at other HD remasters when The Last of Us which was a very sex- successful PlayStation 3 game went over to PlayStation 4 that was including basically all the DLC up to that point in most scenarios that's the avenue you take i don't think uh also it 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 basically pays off for them to to push for more content when at the end of the day they have enough there are 50 plus characters in smash there is enough stuff the main reason the last of us was ported to the ps4 was because 75 percent of ps4 owners hadn't played the last it was a it was a last a late last gen title which means that they they looked at the scenario and they said we have sold so many of these consoles out the gate and there's this experience that no one's ever had before because this was a lot of people's first playstations right Mm, the ps4 so going by that bet if the nx is a lot of people's first nintendo console which 
which obviously they're hoping for, you know, mm-hmm. that you don't want to just get that dwindling group of Nintendo fans because that's what we are. Yeah. I mean, it's the same people who buy the console every it's single time. It's 10 million time. strong. That's it. Yeah. And, that's it's, not a and lot. it shrinks every time because if you look at the Wii, you look at the GameCube, mm-hmm. it's gotten smaller and smaller. But Brian, so you, that, need you just people. explained my point. That, so no, that totally. scenario is exactly I, I, yeah, I the meant same to. point. Yeah, I meant no. To. I mean, I think that that's the case. And I think it's a smart move if, it, in fact, it is true. Yeah. Um, and having something like that at launch, I think, is, is the equivalent of. Sort of to some extent, what they did with Twilight Princess, which don't get me wrong, was a brand new release at the time, either way. But for a lot of people, it was like, oh man, this is my first Nintendo console in a while. Yeah. I haven't played a Zelda in forever. I'm willing to give this a shot. But I think you I have think to be careful. Smart. I think you have to be careful with paywalling any new content behind it, which I also don't think there's going to be any of because I think I agree with Jose that the doors closed on that. On, I mean, on an NX version? No. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel if like they, would, the last they game. would restart. They would would restart that engine. I mean, the last thing, like I. I I think the model of having a game like Smash Brothers where every month or every two months you add one more character is actually really smart. Like it gets Agreed. people to sure. go back Agreed. and play. The problem is people are not buying the Wii U's. On on the contrary, they're mothballing them, right? Yeah. Like it is it is true. Fewer people are going to play Wii U and if you release more characters, it's gonna be diminishing returns at this point. Well I think why they... not take that game, launch it alongside other sure. new games on the NX and say, hey, the market is open. Here's but more it's got, content. It's gotta be because you're gonna have plenty of excitement for this game being on that platform for people who didn't own it the last time around. So I... but, th- but that's the thing though, because this is a this is a far bigger, far reaching issue here. Is sure. that you if now uh, Smash Brothers was supposed to be the big system seller last time around. And I think yep. it, it did its, its, its job of moving yeah. units. Well, I forget, did, they, did they do bundles for it? Yeah, they, so there was the Smash Platoon bundle, which was right, just right, this past right, Christmas. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, stuff like that is great. Um, I think that if anyone looking at the Wii U, like pretend the NX wasn't even coming. You're looking yeah. at the Wii U right now, and you go, I really want to play Smash Brothers. You go, yeah, but it's not worth buying a console. And then you start to say, well, they also have this, 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 and this, right? Like you have to build the list in your head. And you start saying, is this future-proofed yeah. as well? Uh, I think if you launch the NX with Smash Brothers, a Mario game, maybe a Zelda port or something like that, you're not going to win over anybody new. And those same people who didn't buy a Wii U for those very same reasons are not going to buy an NX because that library exists right now on the Wii U and it's not working. But I think you're underestimating the amount of buzz that NX will have, especially if it is a neat device versus the amount of anti-buzz Wii U has as a platform right now. I agree. I think yeah. I think you are underestimating the amount. It's it's the same thing right now with VR and VR goggles and people like going yeah. gaga over like, oh man, technology and this sounds cool and all this stuff. And and VR to me still doesn't have the system seller. You take NX and let's say the feature is whatever cool feature that's going to change your life. Changes your life. It's, yeah. it's awesome. And then you say, you're going to get a Smash Brothers. You're going to get maybe a new Mario. I'm hoping. And and by the way, some people are interpreting this as, where are they going to launch with a bunch of um, sort of, uh, what am I looking for? What's the Last word I'm looking for ports. here? Last gen ports. Yeah, like right. prettied up ports of, of games I've already they've already sold or played. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the strategy at all. I think it's just a realization that Smash Brothers takes a long time to make. We don't know if Sakurai is or isn't going to come back for the next game. And at the end of the day, it pays off for us to have something like this ready versus waiting another five to seven years for it to get made. No, for sure. And I think it does a good job of padding the launch lineup. But everything I hear about the NX makes me think it's going to lead us and hopefully lead us to new experiences. 
Promised Land. Well, or at least no, some, something different or something new. Now it either has to be it either has to ape the the other the other consoles and be the most traditional Nintendo console ever. Meaning not going to happen. It's got a controller. It's got the best graphics on earth, and it's got all the third party support in the world. That's one angle, right? The other path is we're going so crazy, so different, and so new, like what like the Wii or the DS, where it's just like, man, I have to have this thing because it's so creative and so unique. I think in neither of those worlds does Smash Brothers really fit. Like, brand new experiences on the NX, and you go, oh, one way to do that is to play a game from a year and a half ago. Yeah, but I think Smash Brothers is kind of like the Nintendo land. It's like this title that encompasses all of Nintendo's biggest brands. And best qualities. And unlike Nintendo land, which felt like an open and shut case, yeah. it is a platform. It's like, you know, like Microsoft has Killer Instinct, where they build on the title and release new content. And, like... I think the thought of that coming to an end with the Wii U is is a pity when they could restart that or shift it right into NX. What if it's bundled in? That's your free game with the NX, right? Well, to, to, but it's not yeah. the big showcase, the show pony, the Galaxy Mario Galaxy Three or whatever. It's sure, sure, sure. With. But I mean, to backtrack, yeah. I think I think Nintendo Land absolutely should have been an open platform that had new yeah. updates. I think that was like right on the precipice of before they decided, hey, we can make games that don't just exist that day. They yeah. grow for a little while. If you look at Mario Kart afterwards, Nintendo Land shouldn't have just lived and died the day it came yeah. out. It's interesting you yeah. guys feel that way because as someone who very much appreciates Nintendo Land, and I feel like I appreciate that game more and more when I have other people to play with versus <laughs> playing alone, Yeah, I still feel like that game completely, to, to some degree, missed the point of what I think Nintendo's best qualities are as a developer. Like, I do feel like it had elements that were very inclusive, but I feel like its entire approach and design was a very take-it-or-leave of things where sometimes, like the Animal Crossing minigame, it was very cool, and in yeah. others, it was just like, I don't want to play a Zelda that's like this. Like, it yeah. was almost Triforce Heroes before Triforce Heroes, but nowhere yeah, well, near as punishing. It was the idea of an amusement park. Like, how would you very, adapt it for it an amusement no, park? But it, but it, it still I, had those, sure. those things that people really don't like about certain Wii games, where there's a very Spartan, very uh, sterile, sort of no personality, no signature yeah. character. There's a character. The, the the main character or the most interaction you have with a character on that game is that that screen that talks to you. I forgot guy. her name. It's I think it's a girl. Uh, it's yeah. Monitor um, Head. Monica. Mon- 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 I think it's Mona. Monita. Monita. Yeah. So that being said, I mean, uh, like oh. love it or leave it, Nintendo Land was an interesting launch game because it at least showed off the perspective of what you could do with the game. Yeah, it was it demoed the different controller types. And yeah. I'd love to be corrected by yeah. the future about this, but I don't know how a port of Smash Brothers is really going to show off what NX is capable of doing. Because I don't think that's the point. I really don't think that's the point. I think this is, hey, here is an awesome game. So it's a buffer. It's a pad. Basically. I think it, it can be construed that way, and I think it also will be to some degree something that is going to work on their new network, mm-hmm. is going to incorporate a bunch of new features. I think that at the end of the day, whatever Nintendo account and all this uh, Nintendo Club, whatever, whatever they're calling it these days, I think all of that will feed into whatever this and, thing is. Yeah. And again, like esports, right? Is is you know Activision's talking about it. Uh, you know Bobby Kotick wants to wants to run all of esports. Basically, EA is talking about it. Everybody feels that esports is is a must and competitive well, competitive gaming, if you want to com- call it that, right? Having hooks in their games that get people to come together and play competitively. Yeah. Is and Nintendo's acknowledging this. And Smash Brothers is that only yeah. ticket in Nintendo's catalog. And to think that that biggest, is going to yeah. go away for three years is a scary proposition for Nintendo, right? right? Like, they want to keep that alive. That's why I think it makes total sense to put a special edition on the NX right at launch and just keep the events going and everything. If they wanted to do that, they'd remake Melee 
in HD. Mm, I think I think you got to keep in mind though the creator and how he feels about Melee and how yeah. he still wants Smash to be very accessible. And Melee is an excellent game. The scene is is vibrant and awesome. But I also think the Smash Wii U scene can and is currently vibrant and awesome. Sure. And I think that both can exist. I think one day, of course, the Melee kids are going to have to move on, or if not, maybe they'll just play it forever. There's some people still playing in, uh, Smash 64. Of yeah. course, yeah, but yeah. at the end of the day, I think it's better to focus on the future. And I know people want Melee HD. I'm not trying to be the the the, the anti-voice here on that, but I'm pretty convinced that's not going to happen. No, you're right. With with Sakurai's comments about the game, especially yeah. how... What did he say? He would patch it to hear him back, and they yeah. would be very disappointed. Yeah. Who wins in that situation if Melee mm. HD No, happens? you're right, because if even Ooh. one pixel is off, people are going to be yeah. pissed off. I, ca- I, ca- I can't yeah. do uh, dash dancing. I can't do all of these advanced techniques. It's like, well, sorry. Yeah, so I, I mean, this is part of like the a, a larger issue, and I think it's indicative of what we've been talking about uh, on the show since we've heard about NX and what we'll continue to talk about all year. But like... Who is this platform for, and what's it going to do to bring in lapsed Nintendo fans? Well, and we think, know if this thing exists, it's for there. Are, there is a very hardcore element alive and waiting there. Sorry, no, uh, no, and no, also uh, for everyone, even because Smash is that. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, yeah. no, it's, not, it's I, I think it's like, it's, I, I think part of me is just uh, I'm a little irked by this story because I'm just kind of like, well, I've I've done that already, like twice. I've experienced that game and everything it has to offer twice, and I don't know if that being a, a big selling point for day one. But then again, if this is not for me, then maybe that's a good thing because I'm one of your 10 million strong Nintendo fans that'll buy it no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to buy the system no matter what. That's yeah. the reality of it. Like, no matter what, the, uh, there's no, the, as skeptical and cynical as I could possibly be, there's no scenario in which I'm not there day one. And I've been there day one for the last oh, few. Same. I was day, there day table. one for the Wii U where there, the, the, it took me longer to get a coffee than it did to get my console at GameStop because <laughs> no one was there. Yeah. It was it was odd. It was a weird feeling. Yeah. And I yeah. want I want the world to come in and see what Nintendo's capable of doing again. So I hope that the NX provides a wide variety of awesome new experiences and hopefully some familiar ones that people missed the last time around. Yeah. But I don't want it to just be ports. Man, I feel bad because we have gone on this for way too long. So let's move on. We All right. Smash Brothers. Yeah, we, we do. On this show, we definitely do. Um, so... Pikachu Detective. <laughs> this is a game that's coming out to Japan what a uh, on trick. 3DS February 3rd. This was announced roughly a year ago. Um, so the name roughly translates to Detective Pikachu, Birth of a New Team. Um, I'm saying that for dramatic effect. Yeah. Uh, but birth of a New Team? Birth yeah. of a New Team. Because like you know what? Team? Pikachu like chooses. Birth of a New Duo, like two like people yeah. working oh, okay. together. Because yeah, Pikachu yeah, yeah. chooses you. Pikachu and to whoever, Shujinko, whoever the main character whoever that guy is. is. Yeah. Yeah. The main character is you. No, the main character well, is supposed to be you, right. but in video, it, yeah, it looks like us. Uh, but I don't look like that. So it is a cinematic day. adventure. What? Big surprise. Pikachu talks in yeah. the trailer. Yeah, uh, and, not, and not just Pika. Like Pikachu the, actually yeah. does, like he talks like a Japanese businessman. Yeah. He's like, the, he's a Japanese Sherlock Holmes. Okay. With like, a, you know, sorry. You know, like he just, he, he talks like any Japanese TV show host. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. And then uh, he meets another Pikachu. And, and that other conversation Pikachu just was riveting. Says Pikachu, yeah. Pika, Pika. So he's like, just like, there are meowth out there, and then there's one special meowth. I think we have found our talking Pikachu. Right? Yeah. There's a surfing Pikachu too. I don't know if it's the same guy. But there's um, a wrestler Pikachu. There's a Libre Pikachu. Right. I don't know what that's no, about. I, I think it's really funny. It's like oh, you can tell. Obviously, somebody was was watching the Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, <laughs> Sherlock Holmes TV show in in Japan, and said, "Let's do something yeah. like this for for our platform." Like, what better character to pick than? Yep. I, so what, what do we think of this? I think it's an... It, so the trailer is hilarious. You should check it out. It's on IGN. It's everywhere. Um, 
the Pika Pika uh, combo is hilarious. But more importantly, is this an interesting experiment for Pokemon? Like, <laughs> is this so a cool great. thing or a not cool thing? It's the most popular genre for, for mainstream mobile phone owners is, are the the touch kind of discovery games, yeah. right? Like hidden object games, still very, very popular. Probably some of the worst games, though, like when it comes for to kind of puzzle design and mm-hmm. interactivity. But like, you know, I think they're reacting to that and they're saying popular genre plus really popular characters. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have a full-fledged Pokemon game coming for a while. Let's put this on the eShop. Is that how this one plays? Like one of those like bar computer games it's, where you have to find... Well, it has... I think it has... Because <laughs> no, those are popular. It, no. And then Pikachu goes, Korewa. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a story-driven game, right? Yeah. Like it's, I think it is a linear, like figure out the the case and solve it. Kind yeah, you of team a, up with like Detective Pikachu, game, right? Sherlock Holmes style story filled yeah. with puzzles and mysteries is all we have to go on. There are some images in the trailer to show it. Yeah, I so I think this Adventure. is an interesting idea. So Pokemon has tried some some really weird stuff uh, in the more recent everything. future. Yeah. Pokemon Shuffle, the Mystery Dungeon games, yeah. Pokemon Pickross, Dash, Pinball. Um, yeah, there, <laughs> there's card. there's been a lot of different experiments. Snap, if you want to go back even yep. further. Um, However, I am more interested in this simply because of what they're going for, which is this Sherlock Pikachu thing. I just hope there is an actual game here that's cool. And I think that with the other experiments they've had, the one potential pitfall to me has been that they pretty much are kind of trying to capture Pokemon's qualities, but they don't. it's basically all of them, like all 700 and whatever. This has is tied to a very specific character that stands out in Pika. Pikachu, one of the most recognizable characters on the planet. Um, I think it's a smart move to experiment, and if th- this is, in fact, a cool game, maybe even consider bringing it here just because we'd get a bunch of giggles out of it. Well, well look, I mean, there's, there's the... Like, I feel like some of these 3DS games are, like, mobile phone rejects, honestly. And That's I, fair. And maybe, maybe the game will be good, but they, they all sound like mobile games. Like, a lot of the downloadable titles for the 3DS that come out of Japan, I'm like... Was this part of the mobile strategy and they said no to connect it to the core franchise or no? Or we it need just something. could have been, hey, this is what's hot on mobile. Yeah. Why don't we try to make our own? Maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I a think lot it of comes the, from there. A lot of the microtransaction-based games and like, you know, claw grabber, badge, um, uh, UFO badge catcher center. thing, yeah. badge yeah. center stuff. Like, they all feel very, very mobile-centric. And yeah. it may just be also experiments to see... How how will people take to it on the 3ds? And is this something th- how we branch? I think out? part of it is the company that kind of invented mobile gaming being able to say like, "Hey, we should still be able to do this." Yeah. Because well, I mean, if you think about it, like like quirky little touchscreen games, downloadable games they did with the the what was it the DSi? Yeah. Um, waggle games in WarioWare Twisted and all the other you know motion mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, all of that is just dime a dozen on the on the App Store now and yep. everywhere else. But they they were like some of the first to do it. So I think they're still. I think I, I think I think you're you're kind of right in that we're we're still in that area between their full rollout of all their mobile stuff, yeah, and they're still trying to service their handheld audience, which is obviously strong but kind of dwindling. Well, uh, I do, I and do. finding a place for games like that, you yeah. Know? yeah. I I, I kind of want to dial you guys back though, because don't forget this is a Pokemon Company creation. I, it sounds like you guys are kind of describing this as a Nintendo made creation. Pokemon Company and Nintendo do not. No, like, no, I get cover, that. Like, yeah, this could yeah, yeah. be just a developer the po- within uh, Game Freak or within Pokemon Company itself. I don't see a developer yeah. name attached to it, so I don't know who made this. Well, but there, there are also policies internally, right, where, like, 
the the balance you know pokemon company has to strike the right balance with between developing games for pc and mobile and nintendo yeah, platforms yeah. And right what and nintendo so wants from it sure it's just like when i saw the trailer for that game it just like everything about it screamed japanese android and iphone market and like it, well it's, i think we're, we're like six to eight months out from them going like we have an idea for a game yeah. Does it go on our console? Does mm -hmm. it go on our handheld? Or does it go on mobile? Or any combination of those three. Um, and then when we get there, the pricing is going to be incredibly interesting. Because right yeah. now they can sell a game on 3DS for $39.99. Yeah. I'm not sure how much this game will go for. Mm, uh, there was the price on it. Let me look that up. And sure, Keep sure, talking. Sure. Keep talking. Uh, but you can't sell a mobile game for $39.99. Yep. Right, right? There's almost nothing on the App Store that costs that much money unless yeah. it's... This one was, I think it was like uh, 15 bucks or something. Yeah, it's on yeah, sale yeah. for the first week for yeah, the it's 10. It's like yeah, I think it's Okay, cool. Because I mean, like, that's something but, like, yeah. I've seen plenty of mobile games for 10 or $15. Mm -hmm. Square Enix sells okay, most of their yeah. mobile games for $15. Uh, but if you buy it before February 29th, discounted price of 1,200 yen. Before that, it is 1,500 yen. Yeah. Cool. So, so less, it's like 15, 10 bucks. 12, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. but, but like, I also think, though, that Nintendo is tr still internally making this, this like, making the decisions like is this a mobile game or is this a console or a handheld game based on like how core the experience is to the different platforms like Pokemon Go by the way the Pokemon company game right yeah yeah it is location based by the it developer cannot who made be English, on any yeah. of the Nintendo platforms and be the same game right like, right, right there when you look at that concept you say that has to be a mobile game sure but it is tapping into what Pokemon is about which is battling collecting trading right. which is very cool because I feel like a lot of the other offshoot stuff doesn't try to do that yeah. but on mobile they are trying to do w that whereas though you know Pikachu Detective is like well there's no like the gameplay may feel like a lot of uh, phone mobile games but there's no reason for it to be on those platforms yep. and it is Pokemon main franchise Pikachu. Yep. Therefore, can we mm -hmm. keep it within within the network? Quick. I mean, it's like it's hard to it's hard to know. Yeah. But I think there's yeah. more going on behind the scenes than than we. Quick, than we quick think. aside: the uh, Pokemon Super Bowl commercial and the Detective Pikachu commercial are two of the best ads they've done. In <laughs> they're very really cool. They're on it. They, yeah, yeah, they're, they're fantastic. Like weird little short films. I mm -hmm. love the production value of them. They're, the yeah. lighting is gorgeous. The even Pokemon Go fits into yeah. the same style. Style of uh, the, totally. um, the Super Bowl commercials. It's all, it reminds me a lot of uh, there were commercials. What was it like during the N sixty four or the GameCube where they were like, what was the one where oh, like, the one Mario, with the Tie Fighter in the rotating yeah, cube stuff like that. and stuff? Yeah. Or where you start with the, the original Smash Brothers commercial, I think, for the yeah. N sixty four or the GameCube, where uh, there were just all the characters fighting in real life and people yeah. were walking around seeing them, yeah. uh, or the planet zooms out and it's shaped like Mario. Like yeah. I love stuff like that. I think they're they're totally nailing it. Yeah, on that Sweet. front. All right. Well, I'm eager to see more about it. It comes out next week, February 3rd in Japan. Uh, so you'll probably see a lot more a on, that on the internet for sure. All right. Next up, uh, and this is the last topic of the show, and this is a we burned a lot of time on Smash and X, man. But it was it's it was good. good. I hope yeah, yeah, it was good talk. It was good talk. Hopefully, folks at home haven't thrown their iPods in frustration. Now they're probably writing um, emails because they have suggestions too. That's yeah, they do. Yeah, exactly. so send them to nvc at ign.com. All right. Next topic is the Fire Emblem Fates non-troversy. Uh, and I'm calling it that because it is, in fact, a non-troversy. But I feel we should talk about it because there are a lot of passionate fans, Nintendo fans in the world, and I feel that they we've been asked, what do you think of this? So, in case you haven't been keeping up, in Fire Emblem Fates, a scene was removed that was considered uh, to some degree you know, controversial. Game, game localization is the process of taking a product from one territory and adapting it so it does well in another territory. That's just what they do. They also removed the face-touching, petting minigame. What? Uh, as well, that's gone. Um, 
for the same reasons. The culturally, overall, like that would not be a cool thing here. At the end of the day, why? Do Whereas you laugh? in Japan, when you're walking around, you just touch around in yeah. people's faces. It's totally fine. Well, people don't yeah. touch each other. But that's a whole other topic. Yeah. Um, to go into a few details on the scene itself that was removed. There is a female character who is attracted to other women, but she can't keep her composure around them. It is a popular Japanese trope that when someone is attracted to someone else or the opposite sex, in some cases, whoever they're attracted to, they can't really keep it together. And so there is a quest line, uh, or excuse me, there is a conversation where a magic powder is used in her drink so that she basically sees all the, all the genders inverted. So she doesn't feel... Uh, strange around women anymore because they look like men. Which is already kind of creepy. In American society, when somebody puts something in your drink, it is never a good thing. No, it no, never. At all. No. Secretly so. And yeah, it yeah. is to some, it uh, comes off <laughs> in, no in society, an unsettling actually. way as something like gay conversion therapy. Which yeah, is not yeah. Cool. no, totally. Yeah, yeah that's, not, that's not okay. Which is a um, hoax. <laughs> yes. So this seems like it's out for good reasons, and yet there is uh, some outcry of censorship uh, to. For you kids, this is self-censorship because Nintendo is ultimately doing this themselves. They're not being asked by anyone to change this. Yeah, right. there's a decision there's they no made. There's no petition or anything going on. Yeah, that the, the U.S. The Obama didn't send a letter and said the face touching, it's got to go. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> all right, that wasn't the case. That's pretty good. Um, that's Could a, you I've imagine Obama? Yeah. Um, that yeah. guy's list of things to deal with. They yeah. would, he would bump everything off the list yeah. to do that. Uh, but, uh, the face I, touching. but I think some folks are really like bent out of shape about this, and and I well, I can get why. Like I'm not here to well, judge. Fans, we're not here to. Fans, you know, we we spoke with Megan earlier, like fans of anime who are very much used to kind of like the quirkiness and the strangeness and sometimes the kind of effed upness of of Japanese topics and themes. You know, they prob <laughs> they're they want to see Japanese culture and content at its fullest, yeah. and so the removal to them is scary, right? Because that's where you end up with replacement of something that you only you someone who understands Japanese culture understood but you're removing it and in quotes dumbing it down now like I I'm not on that side like I felt the face touching thing was weird mm -hmm. right like when I played it it seemed it seemed like cloyingly awkwardly like this is the closest you come to sex in in this game mm -hmm. kind of like it, it was it was strange. it was very suggestive to a degree it was very which suggestive felt really weird. yeah but at the same time, when I hear like it was removed, I was like, oh, man, I'm kind of bummed out because the animations were so good. <laughs> when when the characters talk, like they did such a nice job with the, you know. You are very up close with yeah, the other character yeah. for context. But, like, like they're right up Very beautifully screen. rendered faces mm -hmm. and reactions and voice acting. And that game has a great art acting. style. Yeah. And so like right. my immediate question is like, oh, if that's gone, does that mean like that aspect of relationship building no. is gone? So, no, that's still yeah, in, That's right? still in. So yeah. you can invite people to the place where the face touching happened. doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> the, the, the weird so sessions. <laughs> but instead, but instead, <laughs> yeah. uh, the benefit Benefits of that still exist in the game, so support right. conversations because they'll be triggered. But is your, it interactive or is it just like it's, you invite them and boom, you get the bonus? I think you invite them and it's right. a bonus. You're I, not I cleaning the their, you're we, not we, cleaning we, their like magic lamp. So mm -hmm. Nintendo hosted an RPG event uh, that Sounds was pretty cool. <laughs> we got hands on <laughs> with Fire Emblem Fates. Yeah. Um, we didn't get to test it out, but we asked, and that we were told the benefits were so they just didn't detail how. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it ultimately it does not affect how this game is going to play. Ultimately, it still they still capture a lot of what the core 
uh, game is, which is yep. it's an awesome Fire Emblem. Uh, even if it is split into three pieces, I find each one kind of fascinating because yep. it's like, okay, well, what happens on this chapter? And what's the difference? And who am I going to see? Like these gut-wrenching decisions where if I don't lose a character to to death and permadeath, I might lose a character just because I picked the Hoshido instead of the Noor. Right, and right. That yeah, that is, happens. As you grow attached to some of these characters, you that's gut-wrenching. Like that, I think this is a really smart direction for this game to take. Um, yes, and so that's where, you know, going first talking about the face-touching thing again, it's like it was one of those moments where you're up close and personal with another character, and so, you know, I hope there is some sort of proxy for that, that there is something where you can still see the face, the beautiful face animations and kind of get a sense for how, who the characters are. And it, to be fair, there was no skill involved there, right? Like, you had to find the right spot on their forehead or their necklace or wherever to rub in order to build the relationship. Yeah. It was not skill-based. Like, anyone could do it. It was it was kind of silly. I mean, it was like half the puzzles in something like Hotel Dusk or something, where yeah, you but, rotate an object, look for a glimmering light, but, tap it. And, but yeah. not even that. It was like the simplest interaction possible. So I'm not... I'm not sad that's gone, but I do want to make I want to make sure that they have something that kind of replaces that relationship building, in or a at least still gives way. you the benefits of the or, conversations yeah. that happen afterwards. And, because the affinity with, between right. characters is very exactly. important to Fire Emblem. And what the character says in that scene was not deep or moving in any way. They were more like surprised that you're touching their face and stuff. You know, it's like <laughs> okay, where anyone would be now for the gay conversion scene. It doesn't. It just it's not going to play in the U.S. Not at right? all, like, right? Like or Europe. And, you know, I used to watch a lot of Japanese TV shows and Japan's attitudes, uh, granted this was in the 90s, but Japan's attitudes towards you know, homosexuality were very different. They had a lot of jokes, you know. Mm. It was kind of like you – like famous talk shows like Beat Takeshi, like the guy mm. you've seen in movies like Sonatina, like he, he plays Yakuza a lot, right? Like he'd be dressing up as a gay guy and like prancing around in a dress and going like, oh, you know, and like – you did that in the U.S., people would be like, what the F is going on? Whereas yeah. in Japan, at least in the, at the time, was still – not that it's the right thing, but it was – it was it's just so normal to see yeah. that kind yeah. of over-the-top craziness well, and that's not in theater also, and television. It's also wrong. Like you are basically right. making fun of a, you know, a culture or a subsect of people, which and at the end of the day, like that's not cool. It, exactly. And so I, and no matter I think where they, they come from. But there have been changes in Japanese society where that has changed as well. And I talked about this before, right? Like when I lived there, there were signs on some bar saying no foreigners, right? Like right. you – like. Imagine that happened here in Japan. It wasn't a big deal for a long time, and it has become a bigger deal now, right? And so, and I think Japanese society is changing. And so, sometimes you will encounter, um, you will encounter something that is not meant as art. This is not an expression, and it's not teaching you a story saying, "Hey, this is wrong or right." It's just, it's a little thoughtless, yeah. And it's, it's not detected when it's put in those games because those societies are different. And yeah. like, you, you have to change the games, right? Yeah. Because, no, that's what localization know. is. And if you're up in arms about this, like, no offense, but this song ain't about you. Like, there's yeah. more to this story than just your interests. And it may be coming from a passionate place. You just want to be more involved and, and play the game as it was intended. You love Japanese culture. Culture, you love certain things about it, and you think that's fine. But I'm sorry, this is not just about you. Also, and, like if you're upset about this, take the time that you would have spent writing a really angry letter or mm -hmm. message board post to learn Japanese yeah. and import the original version of the game and play the homophobic thing you love to play. Yeah, <laughs> like there's plenty of uses of your time. Like import imp import a 3ds. 
play that play that version if that's what you want yeah. like and also like i don't really buy the excuse that it's always been like this like there's a, i i read that a lot in scenarios like this mm-hmm. like oh it's but it's tradition in japan like i yeah, a tradition no. tradition at worst is a mistake that someone annualizes yeah you know it's no, basically just that's do, a good way to put it it's just doing the same but it's doing a bad thing over and over and it's also not true i mean the attitudes towards homosexuality in 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 ancient japan like in you know in the edo period they were pretty open if right. you read classic Japanese literature. I happen to have studied it in Japan. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like you go back to the days of like the, you know, pillow books, Seishonagon, like Tale of Genji stuff. Sure. It's very open. And like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, a lot of the lead characters had relationships on on with both genders and it was just kind of matter-of-factly and not ridiculed. And I think things things have changed over the years in Japan. So it's not, yeah. it's not that it's traditional. Japan has changed so many times, and there was this phase, and you kind of see the remnants of it in 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 modern uh, anime and in games as well. And I, I guarantee you, like there there are people at Nintendo in Japan who like look at that scene in that game and they said, "Yeah, let's not do that again in the next game." Well, right? I mean, it's, and, just like yeah. Disney's looking at Song of the South and says, yeah. "It exists." We can't erase that, but if we're going to do another song of the South, it's not, not going to be, be like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you could yeah. be like, well, why don't you make it racist like the old ones? Because we can't. But I mean, the, you know, America's not exempt to this stuff. If you look at. I uh, can't believe you just. That. <laughs> no, it's true. Going. If, you look at, if you look at something like um, In Living Color, right? In, which was a 90s sitcom right, run right. by the Waynes Brothers. It had the, yep. those two It's Raining Men characters who were these like yep. pseudo gay movie Men reviewers. Yeah. Uh, if you look at a movie like um, Get Hard, which is a mm. Will Ferrell movie that came out. A year and a half ago, it's incredibly homophobic, and I think when yep. they were making it, they were like, "It's the '90s, and we can get away with this kind of stuff." But the audience reception was like, "This is not funny. Right. Like it, these jokes are old, they're boring, and it's not funny. It doesn't yeah. work anymore." Mm-hmm. So I think you still have a lot of that holdover from creators and creative types who yeah. try to pull from those old tropes and ideas, and that's not just a Japanese thing. That happens all over the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think moving moving past that is okay, and it doesn't mean that people are overly sensitive, which is what I see to everything like that. It just means that it wasn't that great. Like, I see the same thing with comedy where people are like, oh, what, is that joke offensive? No, it's just not funny. Yeah. (laughs) Make your joke funny and then you can go anywhere with it. Make your story interesting and you can do anything with it. Yeah, and I would would say that if you are – if you understand Japanese culture and you're that invested in game concepts like that and you want to experience them, like yeah. they're not erased, right? You can find them in the Japanese version. You have to put a little bit more money in it um, into it to get the Japanese 3DS in this game. Uh, I can tell you it's not worth it. <laughs> not <laughs> Especially the, not now. You know, the story yeah. elements and the gameplay, uh, yeah. it's, it's just not good enough for yeah. it to be something that we should lament. I get the, co- I get the, the concept of, hey, let's not censor art is a valid one. But you have to also make a distinction. You can't just, you know, put the label art on everything that is created and attach value to it and say it needs to be preserved. Like, I do think there are nuances. There's also also selling a product. This is not art. Let's go there. Yeah, this is their own thing, too. Really? Well, to an extent. Some of it is. I shouldn't have said that. No, but I mean, like, let's let's give the benefit to to anybody who's attempting to grow or not self-censor, but to, Mm. to, to sort of, like, evolve and change like if you listen to like even IGN podcast six years ago like I know I I used to say the R word a lot like it was nothing said Mm -hmm. it all the time Mm -hmm. and then three years ago I made a conscious decision to stop saying it and I didn't tell you to stop saying it or you I mean you guys don't say it but I didn't Mm -hmm. say to the audience hey I hate you like I used to smoke cigarettes and I quit I don't walk by smokers going put that out 
I keep to myself. Are you not from San Francisco? I thought I thought everyone knew this. A whole it's, lot of judgment in this. Look like I'm from San, yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's like it's okay to grow and it's okay to acknowledge your mistakes and keep moving. And that's that's that like you shouldn't chastise a company for doing that or a person for doing that. Like and, allow them and, to allow them to have that. Now, when the, I mean, you call it a non-troversy. Like I wonder how I many people actually seriously are offended by by the omission or are upset about it. I don't I think it's fewer people than you think. No, well, it's it's, it's, it's a, just it's like the local minority. That's yeah. that's the it's, internet. It's just so I, more people more people wrote the story on that, that so there was a, a story recently about the Deadpool movie that's coming right. out, right? And it's rated R. And a yeah. uh, mother wrote a story saying a Oh, petition. that one was hilarious. Yeah, she made a petition saying I want my son to see this movie and uh, they should make a PG or PG-13 <laughs> version of it. Like the comic. More people no. <laughs> more people publicized that story than actually signed that petition. Because like, there's, there's probably 1,500 articles about that petition, and there's maybe 1,100 people Cause who it was, signed it. Because it's funny. That's yeah. like me saying Quentin Tarantino redo Pulp Fiction because yeah, my no, four-year-old wants to see it. Because not everything has to be for right. everyone, yeah, and that's no, okay. Sure. But I think a lot of the times nowadays we get caught up in the people are mad. What people? Oh. Two people on Twitter, four people on Facebook. That's not people. That's yeah. just a yeah. small group of people. Like, let's not take that and 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 turn this into this massive thing. It's really not. Yeah. Like, um, this is not a, as big as an issue, and that's why I'm totally okay with you calling yeah. it a non-controversy. And, and to close this out, and, if and you are I, offended by this, I just want to say, do not take the time to harass or bother people <laughs> over this. It's becoming a thing. I think you should just let this one go because at this point, you're not changing anything. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm happy I mean, to hear opinions about it. You can right? always like make if you a wanna, case, but don't, don't email harass. us at, yeah, email at, us at, at, at IGN.com. Yeah. We didn't mean to come across it as preachy, but no, it's, no, it's no. like one of those subjects that you know crops up once in a while. Um, where like you you just gotta realize that there are differences between cultures and and it's okay to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's I think it's incredible for a company or a person to stand up and go, "Oops, yep." There's right. a tremendous value to that. Yeah. All right, sure. and there's value to ending the podcast. There's no so value to that. So we need to, to that. do that <laughs> right now. Thank you very much for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. We are a weekly show on IGN, but we are not the only show on IGN, but we are the only show that seems to be late lately. You have my promise that we will try to erase that problem. I'm going to say oops. We've had a few production snags along the way, uh, but you should be listening to this on Friday. And if you're not, uh, and it's not my fault, that sucks for you. But if it is my fault, uh, it shouldn't be. I'm going to make sure that we try to do that on time. We have a ton of content on the site. Uh, we just put up uh, a bunch of videos about, um, I mean, we cover everything, don't we? What don't we cover these days? Uh, What's something livestock. You want? Sports. Okay, forget Sports. it. We don't cover everything. Livestock. All right. Super Bowl's coming up. Um, apparently, awesome. there's an Avenger mm-hmm. Marvel game out. So there's a third-party game on Wii U. Whoa. Yeah. 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 Like Lego. Lego. Mar- Lego Marvel's Avengers. Yep. Yeah. And next week we're going to have Alana on to talk about it. So make nice. sure you tune in for that. Um, and you know what? Leave us feedback while you're at it. Head on over. First of all, you can send us an email, nvc at ign.com, or head on over to mm-hmm. iTunes. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. And thank you very much for supporting us as always. Lastly, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Brian Altano at Agent Bizzle. You can find Per Schneider at Per IGN. And you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero oh, on Twitter. Just dramatic. Made, yeah, I had to pause for a second there. Jose, I was thinking we, of we've both been playing a lot of Zelda games, so we're going to talk about that soon, right? We are going to find a way to talk ones. about them. I've, been, I've gone back to almost everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've been playing a lot. I, I played through Link's Awakening from start to wow. finish. Wow. To yeah. remind myself, because I've been saying for years, this is my favorite game of all time, and I'm like, am I right? And now this? it's Majora's Mask. And no, I'm still right. We're going to talk right. about it next week. <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll be back next week.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.